You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Nick. How are you? Ooh, I love that. Fantastic. I know. I'm trying to match your enthusiasm. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I am very well, sir. Excited for a special uh, podcast a little bit earlier than we usually record because... It's a holiday Tomorrow week. is the yeah. day of feast, right? Yes. Thanksgiving. And uh, my guess is that uh, your table is probably going to look a little bit different than mine, considering I don't eat meat. Yeah. So. Yeah. What did you do? Build a turkey out of peanut butter? <laughs> You'd be surprised. I bet you would be surprised at the uh, fake meat. But I will tell you, it, you know, food <laughs> yeah. holidays do lose a little bit of luster when you're not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eating a big bird or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, we we'll, we'll just move on. <laughs> really sidetracked there, didn't <laughs> yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> we'll just move on. Wasn't ready for that. So Thanksgiving. And we're gonna record a Thanksgiving <laughs> podcast that probably won't be posted until after Thanksgiving, but such is life. Well, today's podcast, we're gonna talk about what we're thankful for. And so that doesn't have to right. be just on Thanksgiving. You it can right. be a daily ritual. So uh, well, obviously, we're going to spin this more towards the uh, <laughs> markets and what's good for retirees or in financial planning. So with right. that being said, Dave, what are you thankful for when it comes to those things? Okay, so I, I think a lot of things just have to have to do with relativeness, right? And mm. And so coming into this year... Everybody, we did our prediction podcast back in late December, early January, and every pundit out there was saying by second quarter, third quarter, by third quarter 2022, we'd be in a recession, right? I mean, it was pretty much universal. It, 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 it was, it was just a question of how bad and how fast we were going to get there. And along the way, we've had the continuation of hostilities and heightening of hostilities in the Ukraine. We've had Israel and Hamas, uh, just a nasty situation in the Middle East. American politics have not been getting any better. <laughs> We've had threats of government shutdowns and brinksmanship and default threats and all kinds of fun stuff. We've had a banking crisis that just now seems like ancient history, but you know, back in, right. back in late May, early June, I think it was, we were worried about, you know, massive bank failures looking yeah. like 2007, mm -hmm. 2008. We've been dealing with perceived high inflation. Inflation at least all year. And I mm -hmm. say perceived because it was very real at the beginning of the year. But one of the things we're going to be thankful for here in a minute, we'll address that. And, and just in recession warnings coming at us from everywhere. So against that backdrop of pessimism, we've got a lot to be thankful for as investors and financial planners this year. Yeah, it's very interesting. And obviously, we're going to get into the numbers, but there's a lot more. It seems like there's a lot more bad news going on this year than there mm -hmm. was last year. Mm -hmm. Yet, it's kind of a reverse when you look at the numbers of right. how we did last year versus how we're doing this year. Right. So as we as we record this, the Standard & Poor's 500, the basic measure of the U.S. stock market is positive 19% for the year. Okay. And, and the NASDAQ, which is 
focused on tech stocks and over-the-counter stocks is positive 36% for the year. Okay, again, everything's relative, right? And and we've got to put that in perspective of really what we've done is we've made up last year's losses. Right. With yep. with some with some growth. If you measure that against where people were afraid we were heading going into this year, it's it's astounding the difference. Yeah, you know, I just think back to, you know, the minute you get a bunch of these uh, national pundits, economists, whoever, where they all agree on something, usually the opposite is going to happen. Right? <laughs> well, you know, in a way, like, like <laughs> we, we talk, we, when, we do our, when we do our annual predictions podcast, we talk about how they don't have a lot of skin in the game, right? But, you know, sometimes like going with the herd is the safe option, right? If you if you said if you had said in January, oh no 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 no, the stock market is going to be looking much better by November, and inflation's going to come down, and you guys that are all worried about recessions just need to dial it back a bit. You just sounded like a naive fool, right? Right? Yeah. And you know, in general, pessimism sounds like the smarter option. It always does. It's just a, it's just a trick of our brains. It's part of, you know, mm-hmm. behavioral cognitive issues that we have with the markets that bad news always sells easier than good news. But in this particular year, you would have sounded particularly Pollyannish to say if you had predicted where we actually are right now compared to where people thought we you would have been laughing yeah, off the, uh, the, the state. Right. Yeah. I'm curious about that now that you mentioned that. Like, and I don't know if we would ever be able to find the answer, but like, you've got, like, like you said, you've got all these people that are just kind of like following the herd. I'm curious mm-hmm. how many, because there's always someone that's like the, the, like not, that doesn't want to follow the whole herd. And it's yeah. not like, hey, the herd says 10. Well, I'm thinking like six. It's always like, hey, the herd says, we're going to go up 10% this year. So I'm like negative 30, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I'm curious how many of those are on the pessimistic side, right? Like how many people make those bold predictions against the norm of what everybody else is saying and what percentage of those are negative versus positive? My guess is a lot. I've seen stuff around like predictions for individual stocks Mm-hmm. In in that regard, which is which is always interesting, that usually the Wall Street analysts as a group are wrong, and the outliers are more often right. But I haven't seen that done around macroeconomic stuff. Yeah, and huh. uh, that would be interesting. It sounds like maybe something uh, an army of interns could. Uh, I was going to say intern project. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we might need How more than one. Intern projects have been but, born out of a podcast. I know, right? <laughs> so, but, you know, bringing us back around, you know, we're seeing all of this um, positivity around just about every asset class except for commodities so far this year. Commodities mm-hmm. are the only major asset class showing negative returns right now. They were the best last year. And commodities right. do well in times of worry and times of inflation. So it makes sense. Yeah. Do you want to give us a rundown of when we say commodities? Like, obviously, that's a big basket, but what are some general examples? What I'm looking at here is just the commodity index. And so that's going to have everything from grain futures and energy futures to precious metals and, um, you know, industrial metals and uh, all the basic inputs that go into creating the economy. Right, which makes sense when inflation is up that those would do well because those prices are then going up. Yeah. So obviously the markets are having a good year. 
How does that relate to the economy as a whole? What's going on there? Well, we're sitting here seeing instead of a recession, third quarter GDP growth, gross domestic product growth was an annualized 4.9%, which is one of the fastest growth rates we've seen in decades. Right. (laughs) And, And not sustainable and nobody's expecting it to stay that high, but... You know, a, a recession is is thought of as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, GDP shrinking. Right. And instead, we're seeing at a time when it was said we would definitely be in a recession by now, we're seeing record growth. So yeah. square that circle. I, you know, how do you get <laughs> things so wrong? It's, you know, macroeconomics is very much still an art, not a science. I think at the end of the day, and we just have to accept yeah. that it's not, you know, we think of, we like to think of science as, as physics, you know, and we know the formulas. If you push on the lever, a certain hardness, it's going to move something, you know, a certain degree the right. other way. And macroeconomics is not that way. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher another quote like I always do on this show. I can't remember who said it, but essentially, I think it was one of the early 20th century economists, and I'll think of it later. It's probably Keynes. It was probably Maynard Keynes who said he said something along the lines of economics is like physics if atoms had feelings. I've always liked that because it pretty much captures it. You know, we're dealing with people making decisions and who knows what's going to happen. I guess the interesting part of that to kind of tag along on that is a big part of the reason for that third quarter GDP was U.S. consumer spending, right? Yes. Like we, we had all this money. It's funny. I kind of picture like, okay, if we're sitting around in the U.S., and, you know, a couple other countries are sitting around a fire and, and you know, Europe says to the U.S., there's no way you guys can spend yourself out of recession. Yeah. The U.S. gives in, you know, hold my beer. <laughs> right, like, right. Watch, Here we go. Watch yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. So without... without we can. <laughs> well, and it, it's not so much, it's not so much that. It's the other, the other part of what we have to be thankful for as we've seen consumer price index inflation go from 9.1% last fall to right around 3% at the last reading here last month. Mm -hmm. And that's an astounding drop. But the the bigger, like the bigger thing that you're getting at there is how do you spend your way out of a recession without increasing inflation? Right. Again, it's like the, it's like the old formulas are kind of broken right now. Yeah. And you know, that we've seen a couple of possible explanations having to do with increased productivity and changes in the workforce allowing us to have growth without inflation over the last year. But, you know, the whole point of raising interest rates was to fight inflation. And the way that works is by slowing the economy down. And instead, we're seeing economic growth stay strong with inflation coming down. Well, one of the things that is super interesting to me about this, too, is, you know, the Fed's never going to come out and tell you this. But what they really want to do as a part of this is to slow down the labor market, right? They, mm-hmm. they actually prefer a little bit higher unemployment. And what we're seeing is lower, you know, continuing to be very low unemployment, but also real wage growth is going up. So wage right. growth over and above inflation is actually going up, right. which is usually not a good sign for inflation at all, right? Something in the inputs into our economy is changed, right? Wages right. being one of them. and you know, are we using 
materials more efficiently? I don't know what the answer is, but something, if we're having wage growth without inflation, something else is deflating, right? Right. I, yeah. I, don't, I won't pretend to be smart enough to know what that is. I would venture that nobody really knows at the moment. And there'll probably be yeah. a whole raft of research. Assuming this stays the course, which who knows what the next six months or 12 months are going to bring. But if, if we do get this soft landing scenario where the Fed is able to reduce inflation as they have without breaking the economy and the, and the labor market at the same time, there's going to be doctoral theses fodder sure. for the next 50 years figuring out how they did it and what went right and how to replicate right. it. So, right. <laughs> so <laughs> not my field. I'll, I'll read what they put out, but I have no, uh, no ideas of my own. Well, that's, you know, the problem, like we talked about is that everything is always changing. There's so right. many different variables and right. inputs that even if they could figure out exactly why it went right, that doesn't right. mean it will work exactly that same way next time. Right. Well, and, too many and, variables. you know, I think you and I, if there's one thing we could add to this discussion, it's that we're thankful for where we are right now because it's not as nearly as pessimistic as it was expected to be. But that doesn't yeah. really mean anything for what's going to come next. Right. So, well, that's, we, you know, the great thing about uh, being thankful yeah. or having gratitude is yeah. instead of trying to figure it out and worry about what it's going to do, just, <laughs> just be, be thankful, thankful that right. we're at where we're right. at right now. Right. 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 Focus on <laughs> focus on what we can we can control. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just overall a much better picture and we're thankful for it because it takes some pressure off of our clients and, you know, some of the worry out of the equation doesn't, you know, it just doesn't seem as, as acute as it did back in January, February. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I hope a lot of people listen to this because when I go around and talk to people, it, you know, it doesn't feel like we should be doing as well as we are right now. Most people don't think right. that we actually are because right. if you, you know, turn on the news, you know, the bad stuff sells pretty well. Yeah. Hey, you know, the stock will. market's up 20% this year. It usually is, is yeah. not like headline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, check this out, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's so, not necessarily what we usually hear out there. So um, sometimes you got to dig a little bit deeper to see what's really going on. And when it's going your way, be thankful for it, right? Right, right. So it's easy to lose sight of that when we just seem to be bouncing from one crisis to another. But uh, but uh, we've made progress, and uh, yeah, and it feels good. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll still be feeling uh, feeling this way a year from now. I hope so. I'm curious to see. I don't even remember what our predictions were, but in January, upcoming oh. here in a, in, a, <laughs> in about six weeks or so, we're going to dust them <laughs> off and see how we did. Dave, yeah, so. I, I don't think we did any better than the macroeconomists, <laughs> but I think I think you and I hedged our bets a little bit because right. uh, we always make our predictions with uh, tongue firmly in cheek. So that's right. That's so. right. All right. Well. Thank you. I'm thankful for all our listeners and for our clients that make this all work. Absolutely. I, and I am thankful for a great podcast co-host. Well, sir. thank you, so. Nick. You as well. You as well. <laughs> Hope you have a great Thanksgiving and you we'll too. talk to you next week. Thanks, Nick. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.
Media Media Productions.